Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm I'm good. I uh, I appreciate Riverside and our ability to do this from afar, but kind of miss hanging out in our recording studio. I mean, even now I I'm in my office because it's better Wi-Fi, but I miss our recording studio. Yeah, those were those were different days to be sure. Uh, and yet, uh, thanks to this wonderful technology, we can do this from afar. It's enabling us to bring in really some fantastic guests. You know, last you. week we had Maddie. Uh, we've had Dylan. Uh, let's not forget our good professor friend from Concordia St. Paul. Uh, we have more lining up in the queue for future movies. So I think that's a good thing. You know, that's, that's a, that's a you positive. Situations that change have both pros and cons? They do. They certainly do. And And sometimes even when things seem dire or sad, Something beautiful can come from it, just like today's movie, mm. Fifty First Dates, which was released on February 13th, 2004, clearly a movie being released for Valentine's Day, with a big budget of only $75 million. Now, with that $75 million budget and being a Valentine Day sort of movie, uh, the box office still brought in $198.5 million. But I would tell you this movie doesn't live in the big screen movie theaters. This movie found its life on the smaller screens in people's homes and it is on all the time, whether it be MTV or VH1. I believe yeah. it's coming up uh, later this month on TBS. This movie is on all the time. I, I was surprised by, I thought, $75 million for a budget back in 2004. That was a blockbuster. Um, well, for a comedy. But it yeah, is for a comedy it would be. Yeah. But you know, we're we're at that point in 2004 of Adam Sandler's career yeah. where he's on an arc that nobody could have ever anticipated. No. There, nobody could ever tell me honestly when he was on Saturday Night Live that he would be potentially outside of Bill Murray, the greatest breakout movie star from SNL casts of the past. This but I true. would tell you, there's Bill Murray and Adam Sandler. Everybody else is secondary. We'll, we'll never know what John Belushi would have been. We'll, we'll never know what Chris Farley could have been. But let's be honest, the amount of movies that these two comedic actors from Saturday Night Live have made are breathtaking. Mm -hmm. It's just insane. Now, the director of this movie was Peter Siegel. Uh, you know, and I was intrigued by what Peter Siegel has directed. Uh, he knows his genre. 
He makes comedies. That's his lane. He does. Uh, Naked Gun, 33 and a third. One of the funniest endings to a trilogy, <laughs> to be sure. Uh, we mentioned uh, Chris Farley, Tommy Boy, which that movie we've never done. But it's funny. When that movie came out, it was panned. It was hammered. And now it's considered one of the top five comedies of all time. Oh, so well done. It's just beautiful. And you see Chris Farley kind of had a tender heart. He was a a big, lovable, laughable guy. And, you know, Peter Siegel gets that out of him in the movie. Uh, He did The Longest Yard, the remake with, oh, Adam Sandler. Shortly shortly after, in fact, the next year, after 50 Crusades, yeah. And then Get Smart, which I thought was a pretty good movie. I, I liked Get Smart. So yeah, the the My Fellow Americans was a, a tough one. A couple of older guys, you know, uh, was it Jack Lemmon, James Garner, I think. I believe so, well. yeah. And The Nutty Professor 2. Mm-hmm. You were never going to... That's one of those sequels that's like, all right, they're going to take a shot at him at that point because it's not going to be anywhere near the original. That was just... It was, it was in trouble from the start. But... Anger Management was the Adam Sandler one he did right before Fifty First Dates. And yeah. that was, I think, a big moment in Adam Sandler's career because, you know, you're going opposite of one of the goats, Jack True. Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. You bring oh. Jack Jack Nicholson into a movie and you're playing opposite of him. You're co-starring with him. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. And all of a sudden you realized Adam Sandler could really act. He's the man. Uh, he was good. And really, it's gone a little bit downhill. Let's face it. Uh, Peter uh, has uh, not done as well since. No, no, he hasn't. That That is true. But Adam Sandler, well, is one of the wealthiest actors in Hollywood. And people want to hang out with Adam Sandler and be in Adam <laughs> Sandler movies. And let, let's talk yeah, about the cast, you know. Uh, the character Henry Roth, the veterinarian who works at the Hawaiian, you know, Sea World kind of place, is played by Adam Sandler. And we could just go on and on about his movies. I just thought I'd hit some of my favorites. The oh. Water Boy. I always got to stop and watch The Water Boy. The Wedding yeah. Singer, which is still our second most listened to podcast of all time. And I love that movie. Uh, the Longest Yard funny remake the fact that he got burt reynolds to be in it was brilliant uh happy gilmore ironically our least listened to golf podcast of all the golfing movies we've done that makes no sense to me because happy gilmore is on all the time uh uncut gems the movie i made you watch you Mm -hmm. you probably are scarred from it but that's okay (laughs) it was pretty weird Last year, my wife and I sat and watched Hubie Halloween, which was a release to Netflix, I believe, movie. It's funny. Hubie is really funny. He plays his old Saturday Night Live character like the bumbling idiot. It's good. He's done these murder mystery movies now uh, with Jennifer Aniston, who's like his best friend. Uh, yeah, like they're buddies. I haven't seen that yet. Either one. They're, they're good. It. They're entertaining. Yeah. They're really fun. And then a movie that didn't get great ratings, but Drew Barrymore is in it with him again, which I think is a movie we may need to do, Blended. I think really? Blended is a great movie. I really do. It, it's got a, a soft story about bringing two different families together 
and two very different characters with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, and yet they they find love in each other. It's really well done. Those are some of my favorites. Uh, yeah, the only one I'd really add to that that was uh, uh, one of my favorites is Grown Ups and Grown Ups oh, 2. Yeah. Uh, big yeah. cast, a lot of fun, but but I think Adam Sandler makes Grown Ups. He has that down-to-earth character that uh, it's just it's the best character in the movie. I mean, he, he, he yeah. with all those stars, it's Adam Sandler movie. That's probably why he became as good as he, he did. So that's true. I would agree. Now playing the love interest in this Lucy Whitmore is played by Drew Barrymore. I love Drew Barrymore. My wife knows if she's in it, I'll watch it. it. There's just something about her that makes me smile. I, I think she's a, a fun actress and there's a certain level of authenticity uh, in her characters where even when she's being funny, I think she's being genuinely funny. I don't think it's scripted funny when she's being sincere. I think there's a genuine sincerity. Uh, I think she's great in this movie. Now I loved her in the reboot of Charlie's angels and Charlie's angels full throttle. Her character was hilarious. Um, the movie that really kind of put her on the scene was never been kissed. That's uh that was a big movie back well, in the nineties. I think, I think she was on the scene from ET. I mean, let's face it. She was the well, childhood actor, but there she was a genuine yeah. child actor, you know, but where she was like a breakout. Wow. This girl Star. can really act. Yeah. Never been kissed. That was uh, good. Really I good mentioned movie. blended. Uh, she did this television series, Santa, Santa Clarita Diet. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty fun. Worth checking out. Uh, we did one of her movies, Fever Pitch. Uh, that's before Jimmy Fallon figured out he can't act. He better go to being a talk show host. That was a good and, movie. That was a good movie, though. Yeah, it was. But, but it wasn't yeah, because of Jimmy part. Fallon. No. It was because of everybody around him. He can't act. Uh how about this one? He's just not that into you. That's a great one. Of course, the wedding singer, the love interest opposite of Adam Sandler. Great. Yep. And here's one of our family's favorites. It's one of our family Christmas specials we have to watch every year. She is the voice of Olive in Olive the Other Reindeer, a dog <laughs> who thinks he's a reindeer. And or she thinks she's a reindeer. It's really, really cute. Definitely worth checking out at Christmas time. Kids will enjoy it. Great art. It's it's a great animated Christmas one. What do you have for Drew? Anything else? Well, she uh, kicks everything off in one of my favorite, uh, my favorite horror movie, uh, Scream. You know, she's mm. got that great character at the beginning that all of a sudden you realize this is definitely going to be a different kind of slasher movie. Um, you know, and that's what yeah. she is. But no, I, I loved her. I loved her in Fever Pitch. I loved her in, in Wedding Singer. She she has just got one of those giggles and laughs that makes you, it draws you in. And she is very good in this movie. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Now, the next character is Ula. Ula is the native Hawaiian played by Rob Schneider. Now, what I tried to do is I tried to look at movies that were kind of Rob Schneider standalone movies first. So you have The Hot Chick, which is actually a good movie. That's a fun movie. Okay? He does a great job in that. Then he was Deuce Bigelow, 
male gigolo, and then it was Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo, go to Europe. They were not good. They were pretty terrible. Uh, He was in The Animal, also not very good. Then, all of a sudden, you look at his career and you realize if Adam Sandler makes a movie, he's in it. He's one of them. Hubie Halloween, Grown Ups, The Water Boy. Uh, you don't mess with the Zohan. We didn't even mention that one. It's just insane. The sheer volume of yeah. name an Adam Sandler movie, The Longest Yard. I know, Yard. You Chuck and Larry. Yeah. Click. Yep. Click was a good Adam Sandler movie, too, we didn't even mention. Yeah, it's another good Longest one. Longest Yard. You know, he turned yep. around for the first dates and did that one, too. Yep. Um, yeah. You just eight, start eight, checking eight, the boxes. Eight, Adam Sandler movie, check the box. Yeah, Rob Schneider's in it. It is clear he and Adam Sandler are good friends. And if Adam Sandler can throw a part to a friend, he's he going to do that. He doesn't, yeah. And <clears throat> now, and don't get me wrong, Rob Schneider, I think, was hilarious on SNL. Yeah. But but his characters, you know, uh, the water boy and those, he's got some, he's got one of those characters I don't like so much half time. Uh, oh, I love him in the water day. boy. Oh, no, we suck again. I mean, come on, it's uh, a great movie. It's, it's, it's a bit part for a laugh and, and yeah. he's good at that. But he's good at it and he knows his role. He stays yeah. in his lane. Stays in his lane. That's he's a good way to good play. in the water boy. I mean, that's just funny stuff. Now playing Lucy's brother, Doug, <laughs> the guy who's all hepped up on steroids, but doesn't look like it, you know, and has a lisp and I mean, everything you can make into a stereotype of a, of a weakling brother we have with Doug Whitmore played by Sean Astin. And all right, all we got to say is he's Samwise in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. No, he's always going to be Mikey. Oh, in the Goonies. Always going to be Mikey. Come on. No, no, I'm going to go you one better. He's in Encino Man. Oh, my word. Have you ever seen Encino Man? A long time ago. He's in that? Oh, yeah. He's one of the guys who finds him. That's right. Digs up the caveman. I do remember that now. That's Brandon Fraser, right? Yeah. 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 Young buff Brandon Fraser. Yeah, for sure. Not the whale, Brandon Fraser. <laughs> Interesting. Well, yeah, Academy sure. Award winning Brandon Fraser for that movie, The Whale. Um, you know, but you know, Sean Astin has a way of finding parts because, you know, he he's he does a couple of narration parts like Captain Underpants and the like. Yeah, he's, he's, he's animation. And he's a recurring character, though, and he was a recurring character in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's Rudy. In Rudy? He is Rudy. Oh. That is, you know what? That might be bigger in Lord of the Rings and Goonies. <clears throat> Rudy, people would see him as Rudy. He did a, such a great job in that movie. That He really did. That was a good That was a good football movie. Although, if you're not a Notre Dame fan, it's really yeah. irritating. <laughs> you know, they're kind of running up the score to get Rudy Rediger onto the field. But it's a good, heartwarming story about determination. And he's a good actor. I like he, Sean, Sean yeah, Astor. Yeah, he also, he was in Click. He's done a few Adam Sandler movies. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's an Adam Sandler regular. Yeah, you're definitely, you hit it right on the on the head with Lord of the Rings, so... Yeah, once you're once you've done that trilogy, man, where do you go? That's and he was a big character in right. those. Uh, now playing his love interest at the end of the movie, Alexa, who's kind of this deranged veterinarian's assistant with Adam Sandler, is uh, Lucia Struss, 
and it was funny. I, I had a hard time finding things that she had been in. Um, you know. Yeah. You know, I have her in Everyday Miracles, Moon Pie, uh, Miss Congeniality 2, uh, hmm. and then a television series, uh, you know, a streaming series called Jack in a Box. But I don't have her in a whole lot else. Did you? Yeah, she she did an episode of Blue Bloods. <clears throat> she did um, an episode. Where did I see that? New Amsterdam. The Blacklist. She did one episode. You know, she's been a bit part actor and and a few things, but a lot of it I never recognized. No, me either. Now, let's go on to Dr. Keats, you know, over at the um, Institute uh, for Head Injuries. Played by Dan Aykroyd. So good. Uh, the great Dan Aykroyd. Great. Dan of Ac- course, he was in our very first podcast, The Blues Brothers, uh, Ghostbusters, uh, and the original Ghostbusters. Then what I found interesting, you could look at a lot of things he was in, but I started looking at the crossovers with, with SNL cast members. Tommy Boy. Uh, mm-hmm. he's in, um, you know, the, uh, uh, I now pronounce you Larry and Chuck. Uh, yeah, he's in a lot of these pixels. God help us. He was in that terrible movie pixels with Adam Sandler. Uh, it's like, he's the old guy from SNL. Who's the ambassador to the, to the later generations, isn't he? The ring. Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. It's, it's one of those, everybody's going to be thankful and want to spend time with him. And so, you know, he did, uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry with Adam yeah. Chandler. Um, yeah. He, and, and you know what? He, he doesn't try to steal it. You think about his role in driving no. Daisy, you know, he had a, a little small part. Yeah. He was bigger than Morgan Freeman at the time, but took that role, did a great job. And of course, uh, Jessica Lange and, and Morgan Freeman stole, you know, did a beautiful job, but he's had a lot of those where, um, and he was in my fellow Americans along with our, our director. So, well, and let's not forget, you know, he was in some of our favorite movies from years gone by the great outdoors. Uh, my stepmother is an alien where he met his wife, by the way, uh, yeah. uh, which I think is really interesting. Uh, you know, he shows up in these other movies. Uh, Tammy is a great movie. I've, if you have never seen Tammy, definitely worth a watch. Uh-huh. And I love how, you know, in the movie itself, this is maybe an, an a nod from Adam Sandler, how he ties some of these things together. If we go to the movie uh, Tommy Boy, where he's the guy who's buying Callahan Auto Parts, right? He's What's hilarious. the name of the institute in Fifty First Dates? I didn't the, see. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's Callahan. It's oh, they, is they, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. They tie these movies together, which is really oh, kind dude. of funny. So I love Dan Aykroyd. Love his role. I gotta, I gotta shout out Spies Like Us because you know that and Dragnet are two of the ones I grew up on. They're great. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. I've got um, that on my list here. I mean, just great movies. Now, what about the greatest golf movie? Did we mention it? Well. Which I mean, that's Christ culture and cinema we in because he did oh, the greatest no, no. and the worst. He did the greatest and the worst. Uh, well, yeah, he Caddyshack, the, worst. He in the second one, yeah. yeah. He was in Caddyshack too. Too. Ooh, no. We're not doing that as a golf movie this no, year. No, ever, never, <laughs> ever, never, ever. No, that movie should be burned. Is what should happen to that movie. Um, 
Now, playing Sue, who is the uh, woman who's running the diner where Henry and Lucy will meet, played by Amy Hill. And Amy Hill is another one of these great voice actresses. She she has voiced a lot of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. She has been an a, a, a ongoing character in American Dad since 2007. That's insane. Um, wow. She, oh, by the way, was in The Santa Clarita Diet with Drew Barrymore. Uh, Let's Go to Prison, the new reboot of Magnum P.I., uh, Mom, Glee, uh, Cat in a Hat. So she's been in a whole bunch of stuff. She's just got that kind of motherly, matronly presence in her voice and in her acting. And Uh, she's got 192 credits, so she's definitely done a lot. Yeah, she's a busy woman. There is no uh, doubt. Now, new Doogie, the Doogie Kamalahoa Hawaiian version of the female Doogie Hauser. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Now, playing Nephi, who is the short order cook in the diner, is played by Pomaka Brown. And I was surprised how few the credits were that I could find. He's in the new Hawaii Five O, Big Eyes, uh, the short list. I could have swore he was in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I couldn't find any credit for him being in that. It could be uncredited, but usually on IMDb, they'll show that for even the uncredited ones. And I don't see it. And I don't see it. I could have swore that was him in that movie. But he's got a great character because Nephi and Sue are incredibly protective over Lucy. You know, they're they're really good. That's a great uh, set of characters. Now, two more I wanted to touch on. Uh, playing Marlon Whitmore, Lucy's father is Blake Clark. And Blake Clark has maybe one of the greatest roles of all time in comedy movies. He is Farmer Fran in The Waterboy. Uh, I guess it's a brilliant role. He does have another part in an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. You know, he's also, by the way, in Click, Mr. Deeds, Little Nicky, uh, Oh, by the way, in Get Smart. But did you know he was the voice of Slinky Dog in Toy Story? I did. I I, I did not know that. Hey, oh, by was, the way, he's also in Hubie Halloween. I just have to throw that one in there, too. He was also Buzzer and Grown Ups. Yep. And let's yeah, not forget, he was in Voice in Rango. And here's a big one. This goes way back. This is a, a Richard Pryor movie. He was in Toys. Yeah, for sure. No, I think it's Toys with Robin Williams. Oh, is it with Robin Williams? Yeah, he wasn't in uh, Not the Toy. Not the Toy, but Toy. Yeah, okay, toy. so he was with Robin Williams. Robin Williams, yeah. But still, yeah. that's an old movie. Back in the day, that was an old one. And another good role he had, it, uh, had and maybe we should do this movie sometime, Leatherheads. Yeah, uh, I saw he was in that. With George Clooney, and uh, uh, the other one that's in there is... Um, Oh, the one from The Office, uh, Kaczynski. He's in Leatherheads. Is he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that'd be a good movie to do down the road. But he, I, I think he's a great actor. I he, he has good comic delivery, but there's also, again, a sincerity to what he's doing. He's he's always played a great help. I don't think he's ever been. He, he was, remember, he was the boss in St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. You know? He's always played that role where uh, his he's he's a good side person, but I don't think he's ever been a, a lead no. actor in any movie. 
No, now the last one I want to hit on. Now I know Maya Rudolph is in the movie, but it's such a bit role. I, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time with that. We know she's just hilarious. But is Ten Second Tom? Ten Second Tom. (laughs) Ten Second Tom is played by Alan Covert. And what I love about Alan Covert is if Adam Sandler makes a movie, Alan Covert is in it. I, I don't care. He'll he will find his way in it. I mean, just take a look. The wedding singer, Jack and Jill. I mean, nobody wants to admit they were in Jack and Jill. That may be the worst Adam Sandler movie, but he was in it. Hubie Halloween. He's in the murder mystery movies with uh, he and Jennifer Aniston. Pixels blended. I now pronounce you Larry and Chuck. Uh, the longest yard. Grown ups two, and then he did a little crossover. Sandy Wexler. He did Paul Blart, Mall Cop. <laughs> he did. And you ready? Are you are you ready for it? I'm ready. He's in House Bunny. Of course. Oh, House Bunny is funny. It's a good movie. And again, for our director, he was in anger management. Yeah. So he got that connection. Yeah. So you, you have all these crossovers with Adam Sandler, and I'm you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's why we we enjoy his movie so oh. much because he brings, he surrounds himself with people that are genuinely friends with one another. Listen, there's, to this. there's like an authentic relationship expressed on the screen. Look at this, this run of, of, of with Adam Sandler, the airheads, happy Gilmore, bulletproof wedding singer, water boy, never been kissed. Big daddy. It's like, I think he just went from movie to movie with him. Just take along. What, what's my role? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, give me the script and I'll do it well. And so that's a good job. So now here's the shocker about Fifty First Dates. Fifty First Dates is a story about a young woman who suffers a severe head injury, which causes her to have short-term memory loss. That every morning when she wakes up, her day is reset to the day before. So she is pretty it's well day trapped. Her, day of her accident. Yeah, which yeah. is the day of her accident. Yeah. So when she wakes up, she resets to all of her life prior to the day of the accident. Anything forward from that, she has no recollection of. And here she is at the, uh, whatever it was called, the Waikaluka Diner, doing her normal thing, eating her waffles, when Adam Sandler comes walking in, and he is smitten by her. He sees her, she's pretty, he wants to get to know her, and of course, Sue and Nephi they intercede. No, no, you can't. Hands off. Stay away. Exactly. But he's persistent. He doesn't understand what the severity of her head injury happens to be. And that sets up the story of his persistence in trying to date Lucy. Now, having said that, here's the surprise. Fifty First Dates is based on a true story. I miss that. You did not know that, did you? What's that? Yeah, the, the 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 real Lucy Whitmore or the individual suffered two serious head traumas and a a gentleman pursued the relationship trying to figure out ways to in essence reinvent the relationship every morning with her. So it is based on a true story. I think that is kind of incredible and kind of dear and makes the story even sweeter. 
So as the movie unfolds, we have Adam Sandler first trying to captivate Lucy, you know, Henry trying to captivate Lucy to date him. Every day he's trying something new at the diner until he succeeds, which is kind of neat. But then the next day comes, he walks in the diner and she has no recollection of him whatsoever. It's a little bit like Groundhog Day where he's trying to figure out what works. Yeah. He keeps trying different things to get her to just be able to eat with her at first. It's a game. Now, now what's really interesting about this movie is that you see two different communities at work. On one hand, you have uh, surrounding Henry, Ula, and Alexa uh, trying to assist him in his pursuit, <clears throat> encouraging him and the like. But then around Lucy, you have this protective net, so to speak. You have her brother and father, Doug and Marlon, who every day are putting out the same newspaper. Every day she paints a mural in the garage. Every day they whitewash it so she has no recollection. So she doesn't herself have distress over, well, where did that come from? You know, it's they're, they're trying to protect her. The second are Sue and Nephi at the diner. They're trying to protect her because they're, Lucy's late mother said, please take care of my daughter. Please watch out for her so she doesn't get hurt. So you have these competing groups encouraging and supporting and protecting the emotional well-being of the two main characters, Henry and Lucy, who seemingly are destined to be together. I would tell you even the doctor, Dr. Keats, uh, although he thinks what Henry is doing is honorable, is trying to protect Henry and Lucy from grief and heartache of not knowing each other the next day. Right. So as I look at this movie and as this movie unfolds, I, the first thing I'd like to touch on is persistence. I think Henry is a great story of, of persistence in trying to date Lucy once he is dating Lucy um, to try to find, is there any way that they can help her more when Lucy rebuffs at that point and realizes every day it, her world is reset and she ends the relationship. You know, Henry is going to head to Antarctica to study penguins. He doesn't get out of the Harbor. He's in tears listening to beach boy music, which was her favorite. And he turns the boat around because there has to be a way. It's persistent. It's it's Jacob holding on to God as he wrestles him until he gets the blessing. It's, you know, Moses being persistent, leading the children of Israel across the wilderness to the promised land. Persistence. How often are people this singularly devoted and persistent in what they are doing, in what they are going after. Uh, and he's doing this out of love because he is absolutely in love with Lucy. And I think that's why that story is, is so heartwarming. I mean, at one point, you know, we mentioned Maya Rudolph's character. They're sitting around a fire and she looks at, you know, she looks at, uh, uh, Lucy and says, you mean to tell me 
he makes he makes you fall in love with him every day. And she says yes. And then she looks at her husband and hits him <laughs> because he doesn't have to do that. She can no. remember the day before and the day before that. Lucy can't. So every day, Henry has to make Lucy fall in love with him yet again. That's a story of persistence. Well, and and again, it's fun to see this the change from the ladies' man. We really didn't talk about the beginning where, you know, he he pretends to do these one night stands. You know, he's a double agent. You know, there's that funny scene where he jumps in the back of somebody's uh, jet ski trying to get away, telling the girl he can never see her again. He's a ladies' man. Yeah, he's about the game, about the pursuit, about his own pleasure, and all of a sudden, in playing this game with Lucy first at the diner and then on the road. He develops uh, a love for. Yeah. And and so it's fun to see that change in him to where now the game becomes, how can I make this work with this woman the rest of my life? Yeah, And, you know, I really like there's that one scene uh, when he goes over and he meets with Doug and Marlon. And you realize Doug, you know, who's a caricature. He's the weakling who's hepped up on. um you know, steroids, who has the lisp, who has health issues due to his steroid use. But he loves his sister and he's trying to protect her. And Marlon is trying to be a good dad who loves his daughter. And they let Henry in because they all of a sudden can see Henry's heart. They can see his sincerity. They can see his love for the daughter uh, or sister. They see this and now they want to work with him and they have a beer together I, I love that scene i think that is such a great scene and you know you don't have a daughter i do nope. but when you when you find someone that you know loves your daughter um in this way fully devoted fully caring will do anything for her you you love him as you would love your own son and and that's my son-in-law. That's the way we feel about our son-in-law. We love him because we know how much he loves her. And that's exactly what Marlon and Doug do. They they bring Henry into the family, so to speak. That's the kind of devotion that makes this movie so heartwarming, uh, so genuine. Uh, so even though it's a comedy, even though there's funny all this funny stuff going on around it, I mean... Ula is hilarious. Rob Schneider's character is hilarious. You know, he's kind of got glossed over eyes that are a little crossed. His kids are able to do these crazy dives. He jumps off the rock and he, you know, he crashes like a cannonball. Uh, He's hilarious, but Ula is there for Henry. He's there to support him all the way. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and And I'm wondering in our world today, is this something we long for? This kind of devotion, this kind of love, this kind of connection of community. Because at the end of the day, this really is a wonderful movie about these various communities coming together in Henry and Lucy and finding a much broader, bigger, supportive community. Because Henry is going to have to do this every day for the rest of his life. Right. You know, I love when they're out on the boat at the end of the movie. Oh, it's a great movie. Lucy wakes up and 
she sees this play me and she puts you know dates the movie she puts the vcr tape in and and it recounts her entire life and then there's an added scene at the end and she puts on she's and it says oh put on a coat because it's cold outside she puts on this heavy coat steps out onto the out outside and she's on this ship this boat the henry's yacht so to speak in antarctica in the antarctica you know waters there's icebergs around and there's this little girl who goes mommy goes running over she has and she's like i have a daughter you know and there's her father and there's her brother and there's henry and you know got a lot to catch up on today that's it's, it's a, a beautiful scene it's a perfect ending it the fact is it's one of those where uh regardless of 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 what you think of Adam Sandler or the movie or the topic they did a very nice job of you left feeling awesome yeah yeah i this is absolutely one of the most heartwarming movies and and i think there is this you know we could see it from from our lenses of faith this kind of biblical undercurrent of what genuine pursuing authentic, never letting go love is. It's kind of a picture of, I think, how God pursues us in Jesus to an extreme, uh, for sure. But we want this. We want this kind of life. We want this kind of movie. We want this kind of relationship with the people in our lives. Which I think brings us to our question of the day. You know, as you look at your own life, what are you pursuing? With such love and sincerity, what are you chasing after? Who is it that you love in this way? Or in turn, who is it that is loving you and pursuing you in this way? This is unique in today's world. This is incredibly precious. Whatever it is, whoever it is, hold on to it dearly, just as Henry holds on to Lucy. Now, having said all that, we're hoping you're enjoying Christ Culture and Cinema season number six. Holy cow, we're not even sure how that happened. We are uh, consider le- we're getting we've been doing this a while. Uh, consider leaving a, a rating or a review on your podcasting platforms, or most importantly, you can share Christ Culture and Cinema with others and have them engage in this conversation about movies with us. Don't forget the book. Christ Culture and Cinema, How Faith and Film Intersect. You can pick that up on Amazon. Now, next time, you know I'm going to be going on vacation. In fact, you can't see me uh, on the podcast, but Michael can. Uh, I'm wearing my uh, Hawaiian golf shirt. It's got the little uh, pineapples, uh, palm trees, and luau dancers on it. Because Amy and I are going to be heading to the island of Kauai very soon. Looking forward to that vacation with one of our uh, podcasting guests, our very first guest. Do you remember who that was, Michael? Uh, I do not. Oh, it was my friend, Nine Toe Tommy, Tom <laughs> Brinks. And he did the movie Grand Torino with us, the movie that got us in all sorts of trouble with some people, but they oh, got no. over it. And, uh, and yeah, once we did The Wolf of Wall Street, everything was wide open after that. So, uh, but yeah, we're going to be heading to Hawaii, uh, onto the island of Kauai with our friends, Tom and Julie. And having said that, he introduced us to a movie that he said, you know, he goes, I love Tom. He goes, well, you know, Pastor Jeff, we got to do this movie. You got to do it. Yeah, I said, it's a good movie. 
It's entirely filmed on Kauai. It stars George Clooney. Next time, we're going to do the movie The Descendants. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs> <laughs>